What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and we are here with another exciting installment of Overthinking MTG. Well, I say it's exciting. We will see. So let's go ahead and click that random card button. What do we got? Today we are looking at Geode Golem. This is a artifact creature from Commander 2018, and it says... Do -do -do, it is a 5-3 for 5 with Trample, and whenever Geode Golem deals combat damage to a player, you may cast your commander from the command zone without paying its mana cost. Holy crap! That rules! Like, I, I actually, I almost feel the need to pause this video and, uh, <laughs> and head on over to TCG Player and throw two or three of these in my cart right now. That's actually really phenomenal. Um, wow, I can think of a couple different uses for this. So the biggest reason that I find this especially inspiring is because there are so many commanders who late in the game just become so ridiculously expensive. And that can be for a number of reasons. One, they just start ridiculously expensive. I mean, there are so many great commander cards out there that cost seven or eight, and if they die once, all of a sudden they cost 9 or 10. You know, that's no joke. Granted, if that's your commander and that's something that you're building around, chances are you're going to invest in a whole bunch of ramp to get there. And so, you know, an additional 2 might not be the end of the world. So there's that. But the other one, the other commander that I immediately think of that needs this, and needs this desperately, is, um, well... I have a Marchesa build that I really want this in, but I can discuss that in a second. The 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 one that I really want this for, actually there are two. One is Etrata the Silencer. And the reason for that is Etrata's ability, um, she's a 2-5 unblockable for four that, and yes, unblockable for four. And when she deals combat damage to a player, you get to exile any creature they have uh, and put a hit counter on it. And then, yeah, in exile. It has a counter in exile, because why not? Um, <laughs> there are counters in every zone. And then, if a player, if any player has three creatures, three creature cards in exile with hit counters on them, it's important to note you can't use, that tokens don't count towards this. But uh, if you have, you know, because tokens, the moment they hit exile, they just disappear immediately, therefore they can't have any counters on them whatsoever. But, if you have three creature cards in exile with hit counters on them, you lose the game. But here's the here's the part, here's the rub, here's the uh, here's the catch. Then you have to shuffle Etrata into your library. And in a game of commander, you can't put your commander into your library. So as a result, the commander goes immediately to the command zone. Um, yeah, like immediately, you have no choice. Unless you have some way of bouncing Etrata or flickering her. Um, you know, so if you hit her with something like Teferi, uh, sorry, Teferi's Time Twist or a, a Crystal Shard, one of those effects that allows you to bounce her um, or flicker her out of, you know, out of the existence while her ability is on the stack, then what you get is you get every part of it except her disappearing uh, because she's already gone. And so you end up removing the creature it has the hit counter on it and then you um and then uh 
you sh I think you actually shuffle your library. So you do have to still shuffle your library, but Atrata's not in it. Um, and she doesn't go back to the command zone. Instead, she comes right back out. That's kind of your plan A. In an Atrata deck, that's what you want to do. You want to hit, and you want to blink her out and get her back in some way. And in a perfect world, you have a whole bunch of repeatable ways to do that. But... In a not-so-perfect world, having a contingency plan, because if you don't have any way to flicker her or bounce her, what's going to happen is you, she's a four-drop at first, boom, you hit, you get one hit counter on your opponent's thing, she then immediately goes back to the command zone, and now she costs six. Also, she doesn't have haste. So unless you have lightning greaves and or swift foot boots and or crashing drawbridge or some other haste enabler, um, you're going to be really out of sorts uh, in just how long it takes her to come back online. So, as a backup plan, I mean, this is definitely plan B, potentially plan C we're talking about here. Having a Geode Golem in the deck as just one more way late in the game to get her the heck out of the command zone could be really useful. And chances are you're going to have other stuff in that deck that is going to be doing crazy combat shenanigans. So, being able to get it through, make sure it lands, and it has trample. There's a really good chance that it's going to anyway. Um, that said, the three toughness on it, that does make it a little trickier. Uh, the other thing that comes to mind is having having this in decks where your commander is incredibly expensive right out of the gate. The very first one that comes to mind is Progenitus, which if you're not familiar, Progenitus is gigantic. I want to say it's like a 12-12 with protection from everything. Yes, everything. It's that good. It can't be targeted. It can't be dealt damage. Um, board wipes do take care of it. Like that is the one way to re remove it because it's the destroy effect that's not targeted and protection doesn't impact, doesn't interact with that. But damn near everything else. Like it's, it's this huge unblockable monster. And if you get like two hits, it deals the commander damage to kill somebody. Like it's bonkers. That thing is great. Now, Geode Golem, so the, here's the thing with Progenitus. It costs two of every single color. And so it is 10 mana for that, and it's 10 very specific colors of mana. So it's really hard to get. And then on top of that, if somebody does manage to wipe the board, which, let's be honest, we're in a commander game, that's probably going to happen. Um, then what you could do is with... Anyway... If, so if that does happen, then he's back in the command zone, or it is back in the command zone, uh, and now costing 12. So just, oh my goodness, it's it, it, the price tag just gets ridiculous. So something like Geode Golem that allows you to cheat your commander uh, into play from the command zone, that's pretty rad. I like that a lot, actually. That also would work with the Ur Dragon, um, which is another just incredibly expensive uh, commander. Not to mention uh, Zakama is another one that that comes to mind. Uh, the the really big badass dinosaur from Ixalan, actually, and that big badass dinosaur from Ixalan, when it comes into play, you actually untap, I believe, it's seven lands. And so, if you have Geode Golem down, you could theoretically. Tap a, tap a whole bunch of your lands, play a whole bunch of your stuff in your pre-combat main phase, swing with Geode Golem, get Zakama out of your command zone, and then untap your lands and basically take another turn. You know, you're not going to get another combat step, but, I mean, come on. You're going to get so much value out of that. That's ridiculous. So, yeah, in Commander, I love this. I absolutely love this. I think this card is great. Um, yeah, whenever it deals damage to a player, you may cast your commander 
from the command zone without paying its mana cost. It's okay. You do still have to pay. Oh, you still pay any additional costs. So that leads me to believe that you're actually not going to be able to get around commander tax with this. So okay, the Atrada deck earlier, I guess that actually would not work as well as uh, as I had thought. So please. Um, there's, I guess, a moment about Atrada, public service announcement about Atrada. Geode Golem actually does not uh, impact that the way that I had hoped. But ludicrously expensive commanders, oh yeah, get some. This thing is awesome. If your commander costs more than six, this is probably a good value. Um, because you can play it on turn five, swing on turn six. There's a good chance somebody on the board is going to be, you, you'll be able to hit somebody on the board. Geode Golem may die on the, in the process just because of its relatively low toughness. That's okay. No, and uh, the deck that I specifically want this in is I am currently building out a a deck list for uh, Marchesa, the Black Rose. It is a Grixis uh, commander, which is black, red, green. No, sorry, black, red, blue, not green. And uh, yeah, if it had green and white, it would be significantly better. But the way that Marchesa works is uh, she has Dethrone, which means that any creature you control that attacks the player with the highest life total gets a plus one, plus one counter when it attacks. And then Marchesa's other ability, whenever a creature with a plus one, plus one counter dies, return it to the battlefield under your control at the end step. And so here's my thought with that. Arcbound. I want Arcbound creatures and uh, mechanical creatures I want artifact creatures all day, every day, and then steel overseer. My thought is, every arcbound creature that was ever printed, a handful of clockwork creatures, Triskelion, uh, walking ballista would be phenomenal in that build as well. The idea is all creatures that come into play with the plus one plus one counter on it. That way, I'm not counting on Marchesa's ability, uh, the Marchesa's dethrone ability, to put the counters on my stuff. I'm, I don't care about that at all. That's just gravy. Now, the only problem with that is Marchesa herself is not an artifact creature. And so, in order for her to get a counter on it, um, I'm going to need to attack the... I'm going to need to dethrone. You know, I need to attack the player with the highest life total. Which, in a perfect situation, sometimes it's going to be me. And I, you know, obviously can't do that. But... Having something like Geode Golem, not only does its relatively low toughness not really matter that much because I'm going to be able to get counters onto it with things like Steel Overseer and simply by dethroning. So I have multiple ways of getting a counter onto Geode Golem. Therefore, when it dies, or if it dies, I don't care. It's going to come right back. That way, it synergizes with Marchesa because she does not have... Um, she does not have... Well, she's not an artifact herself, so getting counters on her is going to be tricky. So she's probably going to die at some point. And so being able to not pay her converted mana cost of four uh, when I want to play her back out of my command zone, being able to drop her for just two, that's pretty great. Or four late in the game, you know, only playing paying the commander tax, being able to completely avoid the base mana cost, that rips. I like that a lot. Yeah, so Geode Golem is a pretty solid little bit player in the right deck. You know, if you're running a deck like... Um, like Eureka or actually the the Titans, Croxa and Uro. If you're running those, or um, what's the other one that comes to mind? Oh, actually, I thought it was fun commander chicanery with with Croxa too. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that. 
maybe not here. But if you're running those, uh, Derevi, that's the other one I'm thinking of, where you have ways of cheating them from the command zone into play anyway, and they come just built in, you're not going to get any added value with Geode Golem, so it's really not worth it. Also, if your commander costs less than five, you're not really going to get any value out of this either. But if your commander costs more than six, there's almost no reason not to have it, because there's a good chance you're going to be able to get your commander for free. That's rad. I, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. So in a situation... Oh, also, if you're running reanimator builds... Um, and the reason I mentioned the Titans, you don't get to cheat the Titans out of your command zone. However, with their abilities, once they die, you want them in the graveyard 90% of the time anyway. So once they come out of the command zone, they're not going to go back into it. So the commander tax is kind of in that... Like, you don't really care. Um, that's also true for a lot of reanimator strategies. I know I have a handful of reanimator decks that I've played over the years, and 90% of the time, when that commander dies, I'm just going to let it go right to the graveyard because I'll be able to pull it out. And that is going to be way cheaper than having to pay the cost coming out of the command zone, assuming I have the cards in hand to pull that off. But then it's a matter of, okay, what is more costly for me? Spending one of these cards or spending that amount of mana? And then that can be a gut decision at the time. Uh, but Geode Golem actually gives you some flexibility on that. So in, even in that situation, even when you're running a reanimation-style commander, when you would normally want to pull it out of the graveyard, instead, now you could send it back to the command zone and get a really big discount on getting it um, on playing it from the command zone. I gotta say, all in all, I like this. I like this a lot. And I'm kind of surprised that I like this a lot because I have to admit there is this like small hipster part of me that really dislikes cards that are printed specifically for Commander. Um, you know, when a card references the Command Zone, I'm usually like, ah, really? Because I love digging through my old collection and finding cards that work in weird, fun ways that the designers hadn't intended um, and putting together Commander decks built around old cards that were never intended for Commander. I love that aspect of it. You know, Magic has this big, beautiful history. And one of the joys that I find with Commander is digging into it and uncovering gems that have been lost to time and being able to craft fun, interesting builds using some of these older pieces that maybe weren't good in their time, but maybe have a place now, or maybe are fun and just evoke a certain feeling. Um, and then I can bring that out and share it with my friends. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I love in Commander. Hell, that's the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I love finding that stuff and doing that stuff. And so cards that are printed specifically for Commander, um, or cards that are reprinted specifically for Commander, like Lightning Greaves, Soul Ring, Swiftfoot Boots, you know, those cards that are just clearly designed. And then, of course, you have Arcane Signet, which is relatively new, and is just kind of the biggest offender, in my opinion, of this. I don't love that. Um, I don't love those cards that are just designed to make Commander optimized. I don't want that. I, that's not what I that's not what I enjoy. And I think that's why I like Geode Golem is because it's still so specific. You know, it does reference the command zone. Yes, it is really only playable in commander. Um, you know, it it isn't gonna have much of an effect otherwise. If you're not in a commander game, it's just a five three trample for five. It's just a garbage value. Unless you're playing some kind of weird golem tribal, then I guess it has trample. Maybe that's worth it. I don't know. Probably not. 
But yeah, it's only really playable in Commander, but it's not overpowered, it's not broken, you don't need it in every single deck, it's still a bit player, it still has a part to play. Um, also, I gotta say, I really dig the art, it's just really beautiful, and the concept of a golem that is made of a large geode is just kind of cool. Um, I dig geodes, I think they're they're beautiful, it's a lovely... Uh, aspect of nature it's a beautiful thing and when you when you do see one um it's just lovely it can kind of capture your attention and kind of make you go huh and i i appreciate them i think they're really cool it's one of those things if i had all the money in the world um i would probably have at least one behind me on stream right now um of course i certainly don't so as you can see um instead i have board games and teddy bears because hey i don't know i think they're fun and they're cute as hell don't judge me all right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. It's been a pleasure as always. I will catch you next time. Oh, plugs. I almost forgot. Twitch.tv uh, slash hamhocks42. Check me out. It's fun. I'll catch you later.